Hello, and welcome to the second episode of Nerd to the Third. Today we're bringing you the power of three with your host, Nick, Nate, and the ever-rotating third chair, the person making me question my sexuality, Pete. Oh, that's very flattering. Thank you. Oh, yeah. And Nate's here. Yeah, thanks for her. Alrighty, and today it's a special. It's very special. Um, today we're going to be talking about E3. We're going to be talking about um, Call of Duty versus Battlefield, and a couple of other things we've been doing, what we've been up to, and everything. So let's get right into it. Woo, Spoiler alert: It's stuff. crystal meth. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, <laughs> A little bit of grinding before we get started. Go to at TX3 Productions, and that is our Twitter. Make sure to give us a follow. We're getting pretty close to just 50 followers. If we get to 50 followers, we're going to do a giveaway. Just a nice little $20 to say thank you for following us. And also, if you could subscribe to us on either iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you happen to listen to us, that would also be very great. And maybe leave us a review. Just saying. Anyway, so... Time for our first segment of the day. It came from the interweb. So, this week's It Came From the Interweb is Call of Duty and Battlefield both had an event. Um, now, we're, we're going to do our best and not really be too biased on the game itself. Rather, I want to talk about the events. I want to talk about who won, who lost, like... They obviously revealed next to each other. I want to say, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, I want to say that um, Call of Duty announced their event first, and then all of a sudden, like Battlefield announced theirs. So I don't know if they had it planned before, and then they're just like, oh, wait, uh, us too, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not honestly sure about that one. I can confirm yeah. that, that that was the case. Yeah, the uh, the Call of Duty one was announced, and then shortly after the presentation, Battlefield right. did a tease saying the announcement was coming soon. Right. Yeah. And, okay, so real quick, we're going to start with our guest, Pete, today. Uh, what did you think about Call of Duty's event? Uh, so I didn't actually watch either of the events themselves live. Um, I just kind of saw, like, the announcements as they came out. So I was kind of like I'm I'm kind of removed from the the first person shooter like multiplayer scene um and have been for quite some time so I'm not like um I'm not super jazzed about either of these titles enough to like really get into those events as like a live broadcast but in terms of like what came out of the two sets of announcements um I I was definitely more interested in what Battlefield had to bring to the table um and yeah. I think that's been consistent for me over the last couple years um, the most recent uh, FPS that I picked up was actually Battlefield 1 uh, because they kind of got me in with that kind of vignette story situation. Um, okay, and yeah. getting to play that game, it kind of reinforced to me why I'm more interested in Battlefield than Call of Duty. Um, yeah. Not that I, I don't have a problem with uh, Call of Duty. I think like as in terms of their gameplay systems, they're really strong. You know, I think... Um, it's it's hard to argue that they're quality games. They just don't they, for whatever reason they've they've always struggled to appeal to me. I think because the gameplay is just like a little bit too fast, and I feel mm-hmm. like Battlefield, like for whatever reason to me, it feels a little bit more um, like I have a chance to breathe. You know? Yeah, definitely. And uh, it feels like there's a little bit more uh, like you have a better ability to affect the gameplay, even if you're not a great Twitch shooter player. 
Oh, um, yeah, so that automatically makes me a little more biased towards what Battlefield had to show. Um, but yeah, I, I think of those two games, that's the one I'm I'm more likely to, to pick up if I get either of them this year. All right, Nate. Well, first off, I I, I can agree with that. Um, I haven't been on Battlefield in a while. The last one I actually played was Battlefield Four. Okay. Um, and I pl- I played Never it. Never forget. <laughs> I played it w- when it first came out, when it was in the Broken Age, and then I played it again when everything was all patched up and fixed. Um, but I've always loved Call of Duty. I've been a big Call of Duty fan for a long time, and um, you know, the last. I, I really enjoyed to, to start off. I really enjoyed the um, the stuff they showed off at the battlefield, or sorry, at the Black Ops reveal, and uh-huh. and I liked the event itself. But uh, I the last Call of Duty that I played like just an absolute a ton of time. I spent a ton of time with was Black Ops Three. Um, yeah. Black Ops Three, I loved. I still I still think Black Ops Three is the best jetpack. Call of Duty. Um, yeah, yeah. I it's way better than Advanced Warfare to me and Infinite Warfare. Um, both Infinite Warfare and World War Two. I played the campaign and got all the trophies for the campaign, and mm-hmm. then just do, like I maybe got to level ten <clears throat> on the multiplayer for both, and then I just stopped playing because neither of them were fun to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think yeah. either of them were fun at all. And in fact, I thought Infinite Warfare was just kind of egregious, just because it was too futuristic. Too, I'm like, this is not the Call of Duty I love. So I was super excited. Hashtag not my Call of Duty. Hashtag not my Call of Duty. <laughs> I was super excited to see what they had actually shown off because Black Ops Four looks like it's going to be a mix. It, it looks like it's going to be a combination of Black Ops Three and Black Ops Two, which, in my opinion, are some of the best multiplayer's in the series. Yeah, for different reasons. Yeah. So you're you're very much into what they had to show you this time around, then. So you're you're team yes. COD. <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely team COD. I enjoyed the. I have a specific thought that I think is pretty accurate, though. Though some people are arguing it, but I, I'm definitely team COD. I think mm-hmm. that in some aspects, Battlefield had a better press conference. I only say that like in the start of it, because um, I think towards the end of it, they really kind of. Uh, Towards the end, so um, really just the end of it. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I'll go ahead and get into mine. What I liked about Battlefields was um, it was more conversational. The I, yeah. I I will admit that Call of Duty's was all right, guys. Guess what? No jetpacks, <laughs> boots on the ground. Like it was kind of just like this press conference would have would have flown several years ago. But now mm-hmm. we've evolved so much in the industry to the point of where we enjoy the human humanizing of the publishers and the, of the developers, not so sure. much. Hey, we are putting on this press conference. Look at our shooters. Like you know, that was kind fwee, of fwee, fwee. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, that was kind of a lot of the speech. And then you had Battlefields, who Trevor Noah, who I don't follow a whole lot. Um, mm. I thought some of his stuff on the the thing was in the reveal was funny, but I liked how it was just him being an anchor point, saying, "All right, guys, now tell me what you have to say." And and it was just yeah. the developers sitting there having a conversation. Yeah. I I think that's generally to the benefit of a show like that. You know, um, I, I like my mind immediately goes to uh, like Ubisoft with Aisha Tyler, and I feel like um, mm. last year when they didn't have her, I felt like that conference felt a little bit disjointed. And I, I think that's yeah. a really good point. Like having um, a good host 
to like really yeah. give you something to uh, have a through line throughout the entire show really does make a big difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that both of you have a completely different <laughs> opinion than me because it makes it more funny when I'm able to just completely shit on it and and get all like Nick about it. So okay, here here's here's the thing, guys. He's about okay. to get Nick picky. I'm Nick picky. Nick I like picky. that. I'm a li- I'm a little cynical. Okay, um, yeah. but okay. So when we're talking about the events themselves, uh, first off, I I don't love Call of Duty. But I I can appreciate it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people, a lot of people, like annoyingly so, honestly, um, a lot of people hate on Call of Duty because it's like, oh, here's another one. And it's been a year. Like it's, it's like they're not it's, innovating and stuff. And I can agree to a certain point. But what I what, what I want more people to focus on and like maybe like. I don't know. I feel like everybody's like, oh, it's just the same game. It's like each developer really takes a different flavor. You know, Infinite Warfare, even if it tried to copy Black Ops, there's just certain things. And now, first off, Treyarch is the king. They make the best Call of Duty. So I'm going to be a little bit more try hard than I am going to be like a sledgehammer or uh, an infinite or what is it? Infinity, Infinity War. War? Ward, Ward, yeah. Ward. See, that's they screw it up by calling one of their games Infinite Warfare. Yeah, Anyways, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm I'm Team Try Hard. So them putting out something, I almost immediately gravitate towards that, regardless. Um, so first off, like I totally see what you guys mean as far as like you know, especially like the um, the like college dorm room like hey bros guess what it's 100 boots on the ground man <laughs> you know like i get that but also that's their demographic like sure, you know sure. you can't you can't you can't get mad at them too much for going towards their demographic because you can there are so many videos online afterwards and everybody's focusing on the fact that like oh no single player they didn't really care about literally anything in the in the reveal other than oh no there's no single player and i am one of those people like battlefield one you said you talked about how you like the vignettes and stuff like that i like the concept of the vignettes but i'll be honest never played them okay i played one i played one mission and it's not because i don't appreciate them and i don't it's just when i go to a battlefield for instance I go to I go to Battlefield to play games. I are sure. to play online. I I want to get my squad together. I want to I want to play. So them saying, "Oh, we're taking, you know, single players out." It's like I get why people don't like it and, you know, the value of it is diminished because now there's not a single player and everything. I get it, but at the same time, the last campaign that I played like significantly if not all the way through was modern warfare 2 sure and that's mainly because i played through some of each one that didn't catch my attention and so i just stopped playing you know whereas there are some people that play through the whole thing and you know i don't want to like alienate them necessarily but at the same time it's like when it comes to me it's like i can't really i can't really you know 
I can't throw shade at them because it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, single player. So like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to look at the event itself. It's a very long roundabout way to say that. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to look at the event itself. I'm not going to sit here and complain about, oh, they don't innovate or oh, they. I want to look at the event itself. How did the event go? And personally, I absolutely, positively hated Battlefield's um, event. Mm-hmm. It was. It was an hour, or no, it was like 30 minutes lead up to a trailer. Yep. (laughs) That was ridiculous every single time. And uh, to a certain extent, I can see where they were trying to come from, but oh my God, was it boring. Oh my God, was it just, hey guys, we're listening. And the next time I say, I hear EA say that they're listening, I'm going to like, <laughs> uh, don't don't take this serious guys okay just uh, the, the side note <clears throat> next time i hear it i'm gonna like strap a bomb on and like go oh to EA's headquarters <laughs> because oh my god it, ea listens as much as i take it okay it it happens so often and it's just it's not true they don't listen to us and so all this pr pr nonsense is ridiculous and having trevor noah read from a teleprompter saying hey you have a real gamer here asking you real questions when he's reading it from a teleprompter you can see he's eyes shifting. He's looking at the teleprompter. It's not natural. So he comes up with these, these you think they're quote unquote smart questions about, oh, hey, microtransactions. You guys fucked up last time. So what are you going to do this time? And then they do this nice little PR answer. And it's like, no, you guys planned that. Okay. Trevor Noah isn't being a OG by going out there and asking the hard questions. EA decided, hey, how do we want to handle this situation? Everybody's going to want to know the answer to that question. So let's just have Trevor Noah, this funny guy who jokes about Donald Trump, and let's have him ask, ask the question. So, and he's going to be like, hey, I, I got like kill streaks and stuff, so I'm, I'm a true gamer or something. Oh, so that. So here's the thing. I... I <clears throat> I think that the whole teleprompter issue was way worse in Call of Duties, um, primarily with the I don't remember his name, so uh, I apologize for that. But the um, Lord guy, Vanderhall? <laughs> no, 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 Va- no, not Vanderhall. <laughs> no, the guy who introduced the zombie stuff and showed off the zombie stuff. His was hella worse because he was sitting yeah. there. You could see him walking back and forth, and his eyes stayed in the same position the entire time. <laughs> right, and that's that. Well, Mike, I don't know if that was also a cultural thing because he had an accent too. So I mean, he's. British. I mean, that's 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 not too much of a cultural thing. But what the, the f- is wrong with British people? What the, are you trying the, to say? The two the two biggest problems that I had with Call of Duties is the teleprompter because I thought it was way more prominent that they were just reading off. I would have been yeah. so I would have been much. It would have been much better if they maybe had talking points on the teleprompter and it was just them on the stage. Hey guys, we want to show you our game. Um, but that's what but, everybody should do. But the biggest an entire freaking script on there is just yeah. stupid. Go out there and talk about your game. You're excited to talk about it, right? Well, and I the think big... aren't you? <laughs> and I think it's also like you you should put faith in the people that you choose to host, right? Like you should right? have somebody yeah. that's confident enough that they can, you know. And even if you prepare questions for them, right? Like it's an event. I get it. They want to control the narrative, but you can have something that's produced and and um packaged well that doesn't yeah, feel right. artificial and, and i'm see, not saying this because like, i'm a fan cards would have been better like with trevor noah for instance uh-huh. Tre- 
the flashcards I think would have been like like here I've prepared my own questions. It still would have been fake and we yeah. still would have seen right through it, but it would at least would have felt more natural. He's had yeah. flashcards on his on his show before, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, so thing, I'm not... seeing that wouldn't have taken me out of the experience. Yeah. Well, like for example, and I'm not just saying this cuz you know, I'm a fanboy, but Greg Miller Greg yep. Miller has done this for 10 years. He's yep. been an internet gaming personality for 10 years. He, I mean, I've seen him on all the press conferences, you know, with uh, his interview with Hideo Kojima. Or like the, uh, it, the Square it, event that him and Tim did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The Square event. It yeah. was produced, but it felt genuine. Yeah. You and, know, I understand why they want to do Trevor Noah because he's mainstream. We want to appeal to the mainstream. But like, come on. You know, it's, it, but I, I totally agree with you. Uh, okay. I'm going to make, I'm going to make a statement that I think is 100% accurate. But I could be wrong. So, I loved the gameplay stuff they showed for Black Ops 4. I think it's super cool. I think mm-hmm. it's a focus. I, I like the way they're going kind of towards Rainbow Six Siege kind of yeah, stuff. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. It looks smart. super ta- Yeah, it looks super tactical. The fact that you have to uh, manually health regen. Stuff right. like that is super interesting and it's not something we've had. Mm-hmm. You, okay. All of the COD stuff felt super tactical, felt like it was, oh, this is a new way we're going. And mm-hmm. then I watched the Battlefield 5 trailer. And they didn't show anything? Do you want it? Do you, am, I, am I wrong to say that I got a PUBG Fortnite kind of vibe? How so? Hmm. I, like, COD felt, felt and looked super tactical, and Battlefield 5's felt like Fortnite. Okay. Because the stuff they showed off was over the top, crazy colors. Hey, I'm sliding on my back and I'm shooting through a building as a tank comes through. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. I can see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. like the way that the, what they showed, like I under and, and I appreciated it to an extent because it's like, hey, this isn't just another World War II shooter. We're showing you that, hey, you know, this is fun. Like, and, and I appreciated right. that because they could have been Movement like, we're doing another World War II game, but right. they're yeah. showing that it's different. But it's it's one of those that it's super interesting. The parallel, like the di- like they switched. It's always been the opposite. Right. You know? Yeah, right. Like, Battlefield was always, like, the big tactical shooter. Um, Right. Yeah, I I don't know that I agree that it has, like, a Fortnite Battle Royale vibe. Um, But I... Oh, no, I'm just talking about the tactical v. cartoon. Right, right. I I mean, like, even the cartooniness of it. Because I I feel like we did kind of see that a little bit with... Even with Battlefield 1. Not that it was cartoony, but, like, I remember that first, like, hype trailer where there was just... um, you know, like the planes exploding and the guys on horseback, yeah. and it, it was like very like the thrill of it, you know. Um, but that but, was a dope trailer. It was. That it was, was a dope well, trailer. That's too. the thing. That's what sold me, man. Um, but yeah, I, I I I definitely see what you're saying. And uh, to something that you said earlier, Nick, I think um, I think that that what you're saying about Call of Duty is probably right because I think even though that there are people like Nate that. Um, do really play for the storyline or like you pointed out, like I was drawn in by Battlefield storyline. I'm not a good mm-hmm. litmus test for that. Like I don't usually play these yeah. games. So like, yeah, maybe that appeals to me. Maybe that appeals to a, a vocal minority of people. But I feel like for the by and large, you're probably right that people are more interested in just the multiplayer well, and um, I- doing that for Call of Duty. And again, taking a more tactical approach, something that's a little bit different and trying to mm-hmm. do something that's fresher and get away from that criticism of it's just more of the same. That could be really good mm-hmm. for them, you know? Now, I, I am slightly disappointed that there's not going to be a single player, but right. I'm thrilled. Okay, I'm thrilled because Black Ops 3's campaign was 
fucking awful. It is literally the worst in the series. Mm. It makes absolutely no sense. It's yeah. one of those that I played it all the way through. I, I started it and then a few, like six months later, I started it over and played it all the way through. And it was one of those, why did I just spend eight hours of my time doing that? Um, right. so, so I think that them not having a single player this time around is going to help them focus a lot more on multiplayer zombies and right. blackout, which even though we didn't see anything for blackout, everything looks fantastic. The only, the only bad thing on that end is I wish that they would be real about what happened. Cause yeah. you're going to tell me that from the start, they didn't have a single player. No, a lot of people worked a lot of t- long hours trying to put that single player together and it just didn't come together right yeah some kind of like acknowledgement of hey this is what happened or something i th- even if it would have been like a press release afterwards i think yeah. would have would have gone very far into um like just being up front to just yeah, yeah def- so i mean if they were a little bit more transparent let people know that you know we know you know like i mean i think the fact that the entire time it wasn't until the very end that they even admitted the fact that there was no campaign if you if you watch the whole thing they're just like here's this awesome thing about multiplayer here's this awesome thing about zombies here's this new gameplay or here's this new trailer for blackout or whatever and they the whole time they didn't acknowledge that no we're not going to have a campaign they were very um they were very dodgy about it. And so not until the very end they're like oh hey we're not going to have a traditional campaign so I don't like that but like the my biggest thing we're talking about the events themselves my biggest thing is the fact that Call of Duty showed more even if it was like they showed all the different attachments you can put on your gun they showed different um characters and their move sets whereas here it's like hey let's talk about fortifications fortification sounds awesome but there's a key word there sounds right yeah <laughs> i didn't get to see anything if it's they like, would hey, our weapons breakdown. our weapons are going to be authentic let's talk about it yeah. for a couple of minutes if they would have had it's a like, breakdown like in the on the screens behind them say we're going to talk about fortifications this is how uh, they work like they did in call of duties i exactly. totally agree with you it it Ugh. Yeah, from an from an event standpoint, every time Black Ops was talking about something, they'd have a video on screen that went along with it. The most I saw for like weapons, for instance, is they had an M1 Grand on the screen in front of them, and that's it. Everybody, know- it's World War II. Of course, there's gonna be a fucking M1 Grand. <laughs> yeah, I I, I think. Uh... I I definitely can see what you guys are saying, and I feel like ultimately it just seems like maybe I, I think you made this point in the beginning, Nick, that like Call of Duty had announced the event first, you know, yeah, and it right. seems like they really had stuff to show, and like Battlefield exactly. probably didn't need to have an entire like press yeah. event to release this yeah. trailer, you know? Oh yeah, they they could have cut this down to like here's here's us talking for five minutes, five good solid minutes of like, you know. Hey, we fucked up. We're sorry. <laughs> no microtransactions. DLCs are for free. Here's a trailer. But 20 minutes to lead up to the trailer. And I'll I'll say the trailer didn't get me as hyped as Battlefield 1's first not trailer. Not at all. Nope. nope. Not, nope. At, not at all. I mean, we were talking about it off camera or whatever you want to call it. Uh, the, the song. Yeah. Like the remix of it was sick remix so of Seven awesome. Nation Army. 
Yeah. God. Yeah, and like and that trailer was just sure, hype. Like it, yeah, it was, yeah. it was very and they well made edited. sure that the trailer itself um matched the music. Sure. So like that one that one part where it goes real quiet and then the blimp shadow is going over the guy's face like chills. Yep. Fucking yeah. chills. And so for them to just and it wasn't a bad trailer necessarily. It's just like explosion, explosion. Michael Bay, Michael Bay, Michael Bay, Michael Bay. Well, see what I like. Like I said before, um, I think the trailer was was cool, and the trailer was important because it shows. I mean, the 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 main woman in the trailer has a prosthetic arm, like a prosthetic hook arm. So I think yeah. I think what they're trying to go for has hey you know this is a fun multiplayer we're gonna have fun there's gonna be a lot of cool cosmetic things yeah. like this isn't just a World War Two shooter yeah so that's why and I I'll, like the trailer. I'll be honest but... with you guys real fast here I'll be honest the whole prosthetic arm thing actually threw me off because everything around her and what was going on was World War Two but as soon as I saw the robot arm I'm like. Wait a second. Are they doing like an alternate? That's what timeline? I thought. That's exactly oh, what really? I thought. Huh. Oh, good. It wasn't just me. No, that's exactly what I thought because everything seemed like too. Like nothing seemed like it was in World War Two. It either seemed right. like it was the like M60. All future was or... the M60 even invented at that time? The guy had so? an M60 on. Like that was the weapon he was carrying. At least it looked like an M60 because sure. it was belt fed. And well, there was definitely belt fed machine guns. Um, well, even right, in World War One, they I. looked a lot different. Than yeah, World I agree with that. Like, I don't know. It might have been. It might not have been the M60 in particular, but it looked a lot like an M60. So much yeah. that it just like what it what it looked like. He had was a trench gun, like a machine mm. trench gun. I gotta say, I would, those, I would be really into that actually if it was like an alternate history, like kind of right. Like, I, I at least then it would be something fresh. It's like going back to World War Two. On the one hand, it's been a while, um, and it's like, but at the same time it's just like okay but i don't know i hope we get something new out of it so okay so finishing this part up because we're already about you know 30 minutes into the show finishing this up the events themselves if we're talking about how they were done and and everything i'm not talking about the games itself i'm not saying that i'm more excited for call of duty but when we're talking about the event and the fact that I had to wait 20 minutes for a trailer, sure. Call of Duty won it on that. I don't yep. care that it didn't have single player. I would prefer single player. They also and showed way more. Yeah. So yeah. Almost by default. Get it. Well, I feel like for, right. for me, like with them having blackout, like they take the event no matter what. Like that, that's a right. big thing. And people are. And that was super cool. Like, hey, we're putting everything that's been in Black Ops series ever. Characters, guns, maps. Right. It's and I like, even think the nod at uh, Nuketown and how this map is like mm, ten times or fifteen hundred times yeah. bigger than Nuketown. I'm thinking Nuketown's in it because how oh, could you not shoot. have Nuketown? They're all connected. That that's how Blackout is. The the maps. It's what they what the, they're they're oh. trying to connect all of the maps together. So it's like yeah. one universal thing with like yeah. You parts. saw windmills. I didn't realize that's so what the they meant when you said it was all yeah. of the stuff. I oh that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. That's really I, cool. I could have swore I saw a Noctare Oten because I saw a bunker and I'm like, I, I don't know any other maps that have that particular looking bunker. So if they had like Noctare Oten, if they had Nuketown um, and 
like summit they they had a mountain so i could see them having a summit map uh, or part of the summit map on that mountaintop that'd be freaking awesome you can almost guarantee every black ops asset that they have is going to be used in this in some way right this is like somebody took the like black ops map maker if they had one and they're just like let's just make the coolest maps and put it together in a giant map and like throw in some helicopters yeah and it's like uh yes please (laughs) so yeah so, I mean, yeah, if we're talking about the events itself, Call of Duty wins it for me. Uh, Pete, you said Call of Duty as well? Yeah, I think I think based on um, on just that, that whole point that you made, right, that it's more or less a 20-minute lead-up to a trailer and it felt kind of thin, right? Like, I, yeah, right. even though I'm, I'm probably more interested in Battlefield Five, I think, yeah, Call of right. Duty seems like they were prepared for this a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and Nate, I think yeah, yeah, probably, Call of Duty. You're, you're Team Cod as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean... I mean, even even if even if EA didn't have the BS that they have with microtransactions, I mean, I just yeah. they needed more than what they gave us, and what they gave us, it felt too much PR, too much PR. And I think just like, hey guys, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know, I can't, I just. It's just to the point that you made before. It's just like E three is so close. Why why wasn't this just like a five minute thing at E three? You know, mm-hmm, show the trailer, mm-hmm. make your apologies and whatever, and let's like you know, it's like we know that they're gonna have a, a conference that week. It's like what I don't know. Yeah, just kind of stupid. Bloody. All right, so you guys, let us know what do you guys think? What event did you like more? Try to be as non-biased as you can. Think about the event itself. Did the trailer itself hype you up enough that you didn't mind the twenty-minute wait? Um, or did you like the approach of the, you know, the college kids being like, yeah, call of duty. Um, Mountain so let us know. <laughs> so let us know in the comments, or you can go to TX3productions.com. Give us a tweet, or you can go to our discord. Our discord will be in the description or at the top of our Twitter. All right. So let's head on to next. We're going to be talking about a weekly grind. So on the weekly guide, this is where we get to talk about um, what we've been doing, what we've been um, playing, watching, and everything. So first up, uh, we got H1Z1 came out with their open beta, and me and Nate got a little bit of hands-on with it, so we're going to talk about our impressions. First off, uh, Nate, have you played, like, what other, like, battle royales have you played? Fortnite. That, yeah. That's it. Yep. Me too. See... Us poor little PlayStation boys, we only got <laughs> one battle royale to choose from, and so we get what we get. Um, so yeah, me too. I've only had um, I've only had Fortnite, and it's had me. Um, so uh, um, that's the only thing I have to compare this to. I can't tell you about PUBG, and so you know you, the PUBG lovers out there, you can you know shoot me down for that or whatever. So all I you guys are playing Radical is- Heights. Radical Heights, I know, man. That's, I love that I know, game yeah, actually. Right, right there, <laughs> I'm really sad that it's good. It's going away. I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I I. I've played Fortnite and I've gotten into it. Obviously I played it. I had a whole uh, podcast about it. Um, And I have to say that one of the main reasons, I don't know, 
back me up on this, Nate, if you agree. But one of the one of the main things I don't necessarily like about Fortnite is taking like one shot and maybe it either misses or it only does like a small amount of damage. And then all of a sudden an entire fort goes up and I'm like, oh, well, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually in my in my sessions with Fortnite, I haven't had to interact a whole lot with builders um, oh yeah well god you're lucky well it's because like i i'm the one that uh, i'm gonna stick to the side and 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 like kind of sneak and see how far i can get mm-hmm. um yeah. i'm not like going into like twisted towers or whatever and like trying to you know i'm trying to or is it til- tilted towers tilted towers yeah yeah tilted tilted yeah one of them yeah twisty shores right <laughs> everything has alliteration so yeah it's tilted towers salty shores salty shores yeah i haven't played that much no, Fortnite, so. shores, sorry god even i'm getting it wrong but um but yeah uh i ha- i haven't interacted with builders a whole lot so it's it but i i agree in the sense of i don't like the shooting in Fortnite at all oh really huh. like it's uh, i i well Compared to H1Z1, yeah, I see what people talk about when they complain about Fortnite shooting compared to something like a PUBG. Um, so okay, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty battle royale novice. Like I I don't have very many games in Fortnite. I, I I honestly don't know how many, but I know it's not I know it's not a whole lot. But um, my first game of H1Z1, I played it uh, first day it came out on uh, you know last Tuesday, and I'm like right off the bat. Oh my god, like Fortnite is so much more polished than this. Like this looks like a dog. Oh turkey. god, yeah, right. Like it's awful. But um I think I made it to 34 in my first round and I was just kind of walking around or I was trying to get to inside <laughs> right? the circle and I heard a four-wheeler and I had a, an Uzi and a crossbow and I look to my side and he's coming and I point my Uzi down and I get a couple shots off and he runs me over. And I'm like, oh, yeah. well, okay, I'm going to play something else. And then the, the next two days, I tried to get on, and each time I was sitting in a 10-minute queue before I even got to a match. Ooh, yeah. So I was, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I was yeah. like, was oh, God. Too? Yeah, it, it, was for two, it was for two reasons. For one, I think, obviously, because it is an open beta, there's a lot of people just checking it out. Sure. Um, plus, this is obviously the first time that it's come to – I mean, us poor PlayStation boys, like, we only had Fortnite. So, like, when you hear all this stuff about PUBG and you don't have a way to try it out yourself, H1Z1 comes out, it's something similar to PUBG. Just, if you look at two of them, don't even try for a second to say that they're not the same. I'm sorry. Anyways, um, but you see it and you're like, okay, this is like PUBG. I've heard so much about it. It's free. Why not try it out? So that's number one. Number one is a ton of people signed on sure. to try it out. That's number one. Number two is they were also doing like a crap ton of maintenance. Yeah. Like I think that's their only excuse. Their only excuse is that it's a lot of people were there. But... What I don't think they have an excuse is, is that the game itself has been out for so freaking long. Yeah, right. You know, granted, See? they haven't been working on it for, for the PlayStation 4, but it's been out for so long. How can you... See, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I don't... It makes me wonder if this is a completely new game, simply because the way that they're marketing this is, hey, this is H1Z1's Battle Royale mode. They make no mention to, to H1Z1's King of the Kill. 
none of that. Like oh, they, this point. is H1Z1's yeah, sure. battle royale modes, which makes that, me think that they hmm. that they looked at what they did in that original mode and was like, hey, we need to make something new. So that's yeah. probably why. Because if you look at marketing, it's just that's all they say is they make no mention whatsoever to the original mode that they had. True. And I think another thing is they did a lot to make it more console friendly. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, in the PC version, you have to pick up attachments, you have to you have to craft certain stuff. And so they're like, that's not very console friendly. You can't exactly bring up a in in the heat of battle, you can't exactly bring up like a window and then expect people to click on stuff. So um instead what they did is they went a little bit more Fortnite and they made different rarities and so only the higher rarities even have scopes on them for instance oh and so they did certain yeah yeah and i and i kind of like that as far as like your your base level weapons don't have anything on them but their crosshairs and so i kind of like that just because it's like only going into certain um, like military crates, you'll get something green or higher, and you'll finally start getting some iron sights or not iron sights. Uh, you'll get some rad. Oh, God, why am I red dot sight? Is what I'm trying to. I'm like radical height sights. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. Um, the the overall gameplay once you got into it the last couple days, how did it how did it turn out for you? Um, it actually got better. Like I, I almost got in right away and it's one of those things that, um, I was playing it. Um, I think I, I ended up getting to 19, my sec, my second round, my second, uh, play session. Yeah. And, um, it was getting down, it was getting down to the wire. It got to the point where the circle, uh, was very small in this one area. And so everyone was flooding towards oh, right. me, but I had gotten to this, uh, burger shop. And uh, there was a oh, bunch. Nice. There was a bunch of gear there, and so I got some stuff. And then I heard a car pulling up, and then so I walked around the side of the building, and he was he was uh, kind of going doing what I was doing, and I managed to get the drop on him, and I killed him. And the moment I got that kill on him, I was like, "Ooh, that felt good. That felt <laughs> really good." And then I got like two more yeah. kills, and then I ended up getting killed. But nice. but it was it was one of those things that after I got killed, I was like, "Oh." I should have just thrown a great grenade in there. Like it was one of those. Okay, I really want to play another one. I, I think I had to go do something. That's how they that, but, get you. <laughs> but yeah, right? it was yeah, it was the yeah, it was the yeah, first yeah, time yeah, in yeah. a battle royale game that I was like, oh, I want to play more. Yeah, where it really yeah. got the hooks in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I have to admit. Um, once again, obviously, I played Fortnite. I had you know, I had a lot of time on Fortnite. Um, this definitely has a different feel to it. Now, I definitely don't agree with you as far as the shooting in Fortnite, because I actually really like the shooting uh, for two reasons. For one, it's it's epic games, and they're really good at shooters. But the yeah. number two is I play a lot of the Save the World, which is the co-op version of uh, Fortnite. I can see so that. I'm, I can see that. I'm really used to the shooting. So I, I like the shooting, and I feel it's very tough tight and very responsive and and the shotguns and they feel hefty and everything um definitely i would i would say fortnite is to call of duty as uh h1z1 is to battle uh, battlefield because you have to be a lot more tactical you have to worry about bullet drop and you just have to be more mindful whereas fortnite is a very mainstream 
battle royale. It is go have some fun, dick around with some people, and just, you know, have just have fun, really. Sure. Whereas H1Z1, just from that first drop, like I could tell it was just different. For for one, um getting to the center was hard. Like yeah. um I like there was a there was a a YouTube video. I'm sorry I can't credit whoever did it, but it's like tips on I want to say it was PlayStation Grenade, honestly, because I watch him a lot. Um but he actually says how you should make a car part of your inventory because like without a car it can be really hard staying to the center of the of the gas i ran i ran oh yeah they tried to i they, ran they, they, i they, ran so far away they give you a lot of instances <laughs> to get a vehicle like when i whenever i was yes. running i saw so many four-wheelers and trucks and you're like F- this i got it <laughs> yeah because well i, I could hear everyone like with with the four wheelers and, and trucks, and so I was trying to be as stealthy as possible. I mean, and it worked to an extent. I got to like top. No, I think I got to top fifteen. I think I got right. higher than nineteen. Right. Yeah, I was fourteen. I died at fourteen. So, I mean, it worked. Yeah. But yeah, it was like it was kind of a. <laughs> it was like that Fortnite video that someone made in real life where the dude's running uh with the the storm in the background, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> like several times because yeah. i was like this this the gas is right behind me yeah um but yeah so like i was saying um cars feel like a lot more of a necessity or you just really have to be more mindful with your time whereas yeah. like Fortnite, i feel like i've been on the other side of the map so so far away from the storm and pretty much as soon as the timer started, I had to run the entire time to get to the safety. Um, or yeah, wait, what am I saying? I don't remember what I'm saying. Fortnite feels to... a lot more calm to me, like compared between the two. Like I, I feel yeah, like in Fortnite, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I got plenty of time. I'll be fine. I, I... Yeah, I think that's what I was trying. I was, I, I. I got it mixed up halfway through. Sorry. So Fortnite, I can get there with some time to spare is what I was trying to say. Like I can, I can be running and be like, Oh, here's something over here. I can scavenge real fast and still make it inside the circle. That's what I was going for. I'm sorry. Everybody, everybody listening. I'm sorry. Um, so I can make it there and still feel like I have some time to spare or something. Whereas H one Z one, I do feel like if you're running, you have to, either hope that luck is on your side or you have to be running the entire time. And I don't feel like there's, you have to, you have to manage your time much more. It's like, you better be very confident in your looting speed for you to be like, okay, I have to stop here then. But also I feel like because bandages can heal you up to a hundred, whereas bandages in Fortnite can only heal you up to 75. As long as I got plenty of bandages, I don't mind being in the gas. If it means like, Oh, Hey, here's this really good crate over here. And I, I'm, it might take me a while to get there, but then I'll just bandaged up afterwards. Yeah. So, um, also another thing that I think Fortnite needs to do immediately is I love the fact that there's a combat training in H1Z1. I absolutely love that. And so for anybody who doesn't know, combat training, basically it just drops you into a smaller part of the map and there's respawning. 
Uh, it doesn't count towards anything, so it's not like you actually get experience. You don't get uh, you don't get like uh, points towards a crate. You don't get any of the in-game currency or anything like that. But it's a really it's basically the island that you start on in Fortnite. But you get to respawn and you get to you get a feel for the guns. You get a feel for the area. Um, and I want to say after five or ten minutes, it'll just restart. You know, so you do get stats, I believe. So it's like you got this many kills and this many deaths. But just being able to jump in and maybe just have some fun is so much better than Fortnite, where it's like you get this little island, you can shoot at people, but it doesn't kill them, it doesn't hurt them. It's 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 just for practicing, but how ungodly and popular um Fortnite is. I get into a match and I'm on that island for maybe 10 seconds. Maybe. So I don't get enough time to practice. Having an entire mode where literally all you do is just shoot people and and try to get used to the Uzi, get used to the crossbow. How much does the crossbow drop? And how much do I, you know, like getting to know that stuff and then jumping into like a solo made made my morale way higher. Yeah. And I feel like okay. that's very important, especially in this type of game. I felt my first game, even though I want to say I was kind of the same, I probably made it to about 20. So I was only a little bit better than you, but I feel like the only reason I did that good was because I, I had that experience. I, I went in and I just dicked around on the combat training and sometimes like when I first get into it on 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 like like tomorrow, when I first go into a match, I'm going to do combat training first, warm myself up and then get into a solo. And that's like invaluable, I feel like. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and that could give it the upper hand just in the sense of like, hey, here's something to dip your to dip your feet into instead of just jumping right into the mode as is. Yeah, well, I think um, I think that's a great point because one of the things that you expressed was right. You played the first game and you got run over or whatever, and you're like, eh, like I'll maybe I'll try this again tomorrow. Whereas if you did mm-hmm. have, you know, if you had gotten into that training and maybe gotten a little bit more familiar with the controls, maybe you would have done a little bit better in your first game and been more incentivized to play again. Yeah, maybe. So I mean, overall, I I feel like I'm kind of right where nate is where it's like i i want to play more i want to see how i do and i i want to see where it goes you know i don't want to be too like there's so many people on youtube they're already like putting out impressions and it's like how much does it suck you know who cares if you if you like it in the end if you title your thumbnail does it suck it's like don't put that in people's head like just give it a chance not only that it is it is a beta you know, they do somewhat have an excuse. I hate to give people an excuse, but a beta is the perfect excuse, you know. And so for them, you know, even though I can admit the frustration is like, come on, guys, this has been out for years. It is somewhat like, you know, they do have somewhat of an excuse to just go ahead and be like, all right, like, you know, give us some time. Like, here's the biggest thing that confused the hell out of me. They had single and fives in combat training and they did not have duos i'm like what Mm. 
It took him like a couple of days for them to finally unlock his duos, but they had five man squads. So it's like, why? Why yeah, would that's you? Super why weird. would you? Like you, you want to test out five people before you test out two? It it didn't make any sense. And I did try getting in with squads with five people. It was hard. So you would think getting in with a single person would have been so much easier. Why? It sh- it, it, it it was just a weird thing. So. Um, up next, let's talk about Deadpool. We all seen it. We all liked it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah, I thought it was, okay. I thought it was way better than the first one. Oh yeah, good. Oh, good I'm excited good. to talk about that. <laughs> oh yeah, well, let's, let's let's jump right into that. Um, first off, we'll keep it pretty spoiler free, and then maybe towards the end of it, maybe we'll we'll give you a timestamp to to skip forward or something. But uh. Your overall synopsis of um, Deadpool two, go Pete. Cool. Um, so I uh, I liked Pete. Deadpool. I choose you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I I liked Deadpool two. I didn't love it. Um, I think it's uh, it's a solid you know like you know early summer blockbuster kind of movie. It's it's got a lot of laughs. I think the cast is good. Um but my my big issue with it is uh something that I thought was a problem with the first Deadpool but is far more egregious here, uh which is that I think it really tries to force sentimentality into a place where it doesn't belong. Um mm, okay. I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, but I I definitely like the character enough. I've I've read a good amount of his books and um I I think you can have Deadpool have an emotional core, but I don't think that, like, he's a character I want to see, like, fall in love and become a father. And I feel like the fact that they kind of took the meat of the movie and sandwiched it between these two very, like, heavy emotional moments just feels very kind mm-hmm. of, like, out of place. And um, I, I I really just feel like it it's unnecessary. Yeah. And it always makes you feel... Uh... It always makes you wonder when they do stuff in the movie, are they doing it to be meta or is it just bad writing? You know, is right. it is it them adhering to cliches and that's a bad thing or are they adhering to cliches to make fun of the cliches? And in many in, in many circumstances they do. But in that circumstance, like you said, having that emotional core, did they do that because they wanted to make Deadpool sentiment or were they making fun of the fact that some um, consequences are forced on superheroes and it's a statement rather than bad writing? I think in this case, I I think it is bad writing because I I agree with you um, for the most part because I think uh, Deadpool proper – like, and I think the first movie did a great job of this – it's – they they are kind of deconstructions of superhero movies, you know, like they're yeah, right. they're lampooning tropes. And I think in this case, though, it's an example of them wanting to have their cake and eat, eat it too. Like they want to yeah. be making fun of superhero movies, but it's still a superhero movie. And right. I think that's fine when it's like the jokes of like, how come I never see any of the other X-Men around this place? You know, like <laughs> the budget or whatever. Right? God like, damn, I loved that. That was a great get- bit. Like that. Oh, my God. God. So that to me is a great example of how you do that, right? Um, or like the way that they play up the like we're gonna get the team together kind of moments. Like no. those things are funny, <laughs> and I think like there isn't any joke with the em- the emotional stuff. It's just yeah. the emotional stuff, and it just doesn't it doesn't feel like it really adds anything to the movie. 
Yeah. Other than other than yeah, it makes him more relatable. But I feel like I feel like you can do that with the kid. He didn't though. need it. Like you can I, just make I, him I care love... about a kid, and that's like, oh, okay, he's a person. Yeah, right. And I I can see what you mean there because like I feel like the first movie, him, the storyline, the fact that it was actually kind of a romance, like it took a lot of people by surprise, it's and weird. I think it did it in a good way. Whereas this one, um by them trying to be more self-aware and be like, Oh, this is a family film. And it's like, and, and by the end it came back around to, Hey, this is a family film. It's like, yeah, but you called it out just because you call it out. Doesn't necessarily mean that you, that you have an excuse or something. Um, but I, I can see what you mean. I am definitely more on the positive side. I feel like this was first off, I was very worried going into it because after Infinity War, like I wasn't sure if anything else could even like impress me because I was like, yeah. I was so in love with Infinity War. I was actually like, I talked to my wife beforehand. I'm like, I'm worried that like me loving Inf- Inf- Infinity War was going to affect me even being able to like it. Like in an alternate universe, could I see this and absolutely love it um, because I didn't see Infinity War or is me watching Infinity War going to make me hate it? Luckily, I loved it either way. Yeah. And I think it is because it was a good evolution of of the movie because even though there was like a lot more action and maybe even a lot more jokes or whatever, what I loved about the first one and what I love about this one is that none of the jokes, even though they are jokes, none of the jokes felt forced. They felt natural to me. It felt, well, let's put it this way. They felt earned. I I agree. Nothing was like, Nothing was like set up, set up, set up, set up, punchline, which like even a lot of like raunchy comedies or, you know, any rated R comedy, you can see the punchline coming a mile away. And in a lot of in a lot of times in a Deadpool movie, because there are no rules, sometimes the punchlines like take you off guard or the punchline was exactly what you were thinking and you're like ah thanks man (laughs) yeah i can i can definitely see that i feel like the the one issue i have with some of that stuff is i think some of the more like um like meta kind of like you know meme humor some of that felt like low-hanging fruit um but i think for the most part i definitely agree that like when well you know how wade feels about low-hanging fruit yeah that's a good, good point. <laughs> um but, but i think for the most part when the movie just tried to be funny it, it was and it was great right definitely see see in my opinion the reason why i like deadpool 2 better than one is because i really enjoyed deadpool 1 but both times i saw or uh, th- three i think i saw it three times Every time I saw it, I felt the same way of, I like this movie, it's enjoyable, but it feels super hollow. Yeah. I okay. Deadpool that, yeah. 2 That's seems the budget like it, for you. <laughs> Deadpool 2 seems like it has a lot more substance to it in, in more Definitely. ways than one. Um, I can I can agree with the shoehorning in of like the, you know, the emotional resonance. I feel like maybe what happened there, and I, I guess we can say now, like we'll, we'll get into a little bit of spoilers. Sure. We're into a little more deep discussion. I think when they were writing it, because they start the movie off with him winding up the Logan 
log. Rock thing. <laughs> so, and he, Deadpool even, yeah, Deadpool even says, like, you know, that fucker went and got, went and died in his movie, so now I have to do the same thing. So maybe whenever they were writing it, they were like, let's have this be a point. How do we get, how do we get there? Right. You know, but, uh, but honestly, I feel like the whole Vanessa thing, I think it added, like, an important story beat to the structure of the movie. I feel like yeah. if that wouldn't have been in there, then a lot of the stuff that they put in there wouldn't have made everything else wouldn't have made sense. Um, yeah, I, and I think I think the best use of it was the end, um, because you know he finally got to this point he's dead, like he's he's talking with his his girlfriend, his wife, whatever, and like for a second there, I was like, I didn't see Cable going back in time. Like whenever she was like, "It's not your time," I thought it was just one of those. Oh no, you're not ready to die yet. Not at the same time. Cable is winding up his watch to go back in right. time to save Wade. Yeah. So, and I felt like that that was earned in a sense. You know, yes and no. I'm half and half on that because Cable didn't really show any affection to Wade the entire film whatsoever, and at the very end, you save him. Yeah, like, and they kind of were like, "Oh yeah, we're best friends now," and it's like, "Okay, yeah." yeah. That I didn't. I, I agree with you. Where I feel like the moment, like in the moment, it feels like it plays, but it also is kind of like, "Wasn't your whole mission to like save your family?" Like I know, like you made the future better, but aren't you? Don't no? Okay, yeah. You know, like yeah. Well, and here's the thing about time, um, him saving uh russell means that cable wouldn't even be there because the reason he went there was to save his family is if his family i was expecting a back to the future joke and he was going to be slowly disappearing because oh, he's you know go ahead go ahead yeah i was gonna say i well to to count to to go off of that i was hoping for a thanos joke and i the i feel like the one that they did was too subtle but i honestly think i would have liked it a lot more is as he was fading him going i don't feel so good or something like that yeah but it's like you know like by the time they they would have no way of knowing that was even the bit right like yeah that would have been perfect though (laughs) yeah but yeah, I mean, um, it was it was a little weird, and so I, him him going in back in time to save Deadpool rather than just disappearing right then and there, is probably the only part of the film I didn't necessarily like. I honestly thought that maybe what they were gonna do is okay. So Deadpool gets ripped in half, and then his bottom half grows feet. So who's to say that his or his top half grows feet? So who's to say his bottom half doesn't grow a head and chest? So I'll, like I was expecting them to do like a fake out. You remember Oblivion with Tom Cruise? Yeah. How he dies, but it's like, hey, here's a brand new Tom Cruise that we got from one of the cloning sites. Yeah. You know, so I was expecting like his bottom half to come and be like, oh, hey, guys. Uh, what I miss or or something like that. But for Cable to just go back in time when he shouldn't have been able to go back in time in the first place, it's like how smart the writers are and how they think of every joke that that a that they should and everything like I feel like they they thought of everything that they should have thought of. And that one thing that it's like they should have thought of that 
he Cable shouldn't have been there because his family's safe and therefore he would have never gone back in time. So why is he still there to be able to save Dead? I feel like that's something they should have thought about, and that's like honestly the only one of the only negative things I have. I guess I guess the only thing that I can think of is like sometimes time travel rules like are a little different like because if, if you like are subscribing to like a multiverse theory like it's like is he creating a splintering timeline by going back in time so like the true, timeline true. that he is from still exists but you know what i mean like there is, yeah, there technically, is some comic book explanation there that makes that make sense because in in some realities if cable wouldn't have gone back in time that all that stuff may not have happened you know mm-hmm, that, that mm-hmm. that's kind of that far that that's kind of one of those lines you you walk but but can we all agree that the best f***ing part the best high of that movie was at the very end when he got them to fix that time machine yeah i was in my seat f***ing dying through all well, like the first one i was like okay that's funny and then the second one when they do the origins thing i was like i cannot believe they just f***ing did yeah, that yeah for me it was the green lantern one like the green lantern that was, was so f***ing he's like we gotta clean up the timeline like <laughs> that, that was a good bit i wish they would have had uh gotta go back in time in the background gotta go back in time <laughs> did it did it didn't gotta go back and like if they they should have had that playing the entire like sequence that would have been awesome i agree i agree overall i really enjoyed it like i said i think it's better than the the first one simply because it Mm -hmm. feels it feels it feels more important rather than like i think deadpool by itself can be just a by itself movie um and one thing one small thing i really like about deadpool 2 is um it kind of brings you into that x-men world that's not an x-men story like because yes. you see things like the dmc you know the, the department of mutant control and right. you see all that kind of like more re- like hell with even peter you know it's it's like it, these these movies i feel like can be like oh yeah there is this actual real life world in this universe it's not just what crazy is going on with the x-men Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that is what I was talking about as far as like the evolution of the movie itself. It no longer is the the tale of Deadpool's revenge. The tale of Deadpool's revenge, obviously for um, financial reasons, took place on a bridge and at a shipyard. Two, Two locations. They didn't have to spend that much on them. And so the bulk of the stuff was very manageable. Whereas this time, you know, kind of like what you were saying, it just felt more rich. It felt more lived in. We got to see, obviously, not only more of the X-Men, but more of the world itself. Yeah, like getting was... to see like characters like Domino and stuff like that kind of flesh things out a little yes. bit. Yes. And I she was a fantastic know. character. She was great. I and I, I wish they had done a little bit more with her, but I did like her quite a bit and I'm I'm glad that she appears to, you know, is going to be a, a mainstay in the series. Um yeah. but I have to say, like, I, I don't I don't know that I agree um that it was better. I kind of think that like I like that the first movie was a little bit smaller and that it was okay. like more focused on um like like you said, like it feels like this movie is more important and I kind of I like Deadpool I could um, see that. stories to be less important, you know? Like, I like I think them to if be the, kind of irreverent. I think know? if the highs were higher, I think if we had the same highs we have in Deadpool 2 and Deadpool 1, I would like Deadpool 1 
more. But I just feel like the highs are way higher in two, and it kind of gives it the edge for me. Yeah. Um, okay. But it's it's one of those that, that and, and and if you look at it this way too, they knew that Infinity War was going to eat their lunch. So it's one of those that it's still this important story, like you're doing with time travel and end of world kind of, but it feels small scale. It feels like Infinity War feels like a main story mission and Deadpool 2 feels like a side quest. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, overall, I think we we all enjoyed it or whatever, Um, whether or not it was better or worse than the first one. um, I think at the very least, um, it definitely lived up to it. Um, Me and Nate, obviously, yeah, we think it's better. But I, I feel there is something to be said of being able to not fall into the sequelitis and be worse than the first one. I feel yeah. like that's something to, I feel like that is something to commend. You know, uh, there's plenty of movies out there that a lot of people say were worse than the first one, but I think that's because they were expecting it to be like so much better than the first one. And so since it was just as good, they think that's a bad thing. It's like, yeah. there is something to be said about consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a really good point. Well, of course, I said it. <laughs> you, you don't become the founder of Threat X3 Production for not being a badass. Okay. Any hosers. Get it? Deadpool is a Canadian. Pretty good. Or wait, Ryan Reynolds is. Anyways. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, up next, we're going to talk about the uh, topic of the show. Today's topic of the show, I think, is pretty obvious to anybody. We're going to talk about E3. Um, In in the show notes, it says predictions. I don't even know if we could technically call them predictions. I've got predictions. It's kind of hard to predict when when there's just... I mean, we live in the age of internet. It is so hard to keep things secret. And it's even harder when, like, PlayStation, for instance, like, hey, here's everything you're going to (laughs) see. And I think even like, who else did that? Did Microsoft? No, Microsoft didn't do that. They, no, Microsoft didn't do that. They've been vague. Who was it? Uh, was it Squares? No, it's not Square. No, yeah, Square. Square? I, did they uh, no. just outright say, or was it? But Beth- I can't. Somebody else did it too. They're like, hey, here's everything you're gonna see. On the one hand, it's like, okay, great. Um, you're trying to temper our expectations, so it's not. We don't expect another like, um, Last of Us. Re- type of reveal like something so mind altering you know they're trying to temper our expectations but at the same time it yeah it's smart to a certain extent but it's like that is part of the hype part of the hype is not knowing what's coming and granted yes they're gonna throw something here and there that's my thing i I feel like they'll still surprise us uh yeah i know i i just (sighs) them telling me that we're gonna see death stranding again it's like Yay, I guess. I mean, I don't need to see that again. I don't need to see Last of Us again. I, I I'm gonna nah. buy Last of Us, you know. Um, and so I don't, I don't need to see it. I don't need to be excited for it because it's, it's, it's a done deal for me. It's not something that I'm worried about. And I don't know them telling me other than Ghost of Tsushima, which honestly that does look interesting. I'm very excited get, about that. Yeah. Right, uh, I, I am interested because it's 
it's something so far away from what we've had from them before that it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, but Sucker yeah, Punch just time. makes quality software too, you know? It's yeah, like- right. Exactly. And the fact that, you know, we are still going to get an open world from them, we know they do good at that. So now put it in, you know, feudal Japan. And it's like, oh, okay. It's like, okay, for instance, when Horizon Zero Dawn and it's like that gorilla logo came up and then we got Horizon Zero Dawn. It's like, whoa, Gorilla made this? Right, You know, yeah. it's like, <laughs> it was so far away from what we're used to from Gorilla. Now, granted, we're still getting, I think it's still going to be a third-person shooter, and it's still going to be an open world, but it's so different from Infamous, so in the opposite direction of Infamous that that's what excites me. I'm like, okay, give me another Horizon but now I'm in feudal Japan, something I that swear I wasn't g- expecting from Sucker Punch, but I can still get really excited about. I swear to God, if I have to collect orbs in Ghost of Tsushima, I'm going to fucking rage quit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, give um- Onimusha some love, okay? Dude, <laughs> well, no, I like power up your ghost blade. Oh, my God, yeah, dude. Right. Like, ghost see, orbs. See, here, see, now, it wasn't terrible in um, Second Son, but... Dude, like I, I got bored. There was like one period of time where I was like, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna platinum infamous one. And like I took on the task of doing what we used to do in old school gaming, and I had on one monitor the map and the map of the world in Infamous One in Microsoft Paint with a fing paintbrush picking off each orb that I nice. found. Now I know I know we've gotten way far and past that, but I got to the point like in the second son, I'm still collecting orbs, collectibles. I was like, dude, like, <laughs> but um, see, here's the thing with the the, the PlayStation. I th- I think that like like Pete said, I think there's going to be a lot that they're going to show us. Though the way I see it is, I think th- them them saying that hey, this is what's going to be seen is them going hey, these are the main things we're going to be talking about, but that's not it. You know, th- this is this is what we're telling you our our some of our focus is going to be. Well, basically, the way I understood it was, um, we're going to really spotlight these games, but right. that doesn't mean that's going to be everything. And yeah, I'm actually and I, excited about seeing more about Last of Us Two. Like, yeah. I don't want to know a whole whole lot, but I would rather see that than Death Stranding. Yeah, I I will admit that because I'd rather the see only thing we get from Death Stranding. Death Stranding. <laughs> I'm so sick. The of The only seeing thing that we game. get from it is just so weird and out of out of. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I guess another thing that a lot of people like online and Reddit and stuff like that are getting worried about is that they gave us the same kind of tempering of expectations right before PSX, and we got a way different thing from PSX. Now, granted, this is still E3. This is still Hype Train 101, but it's just it is a little bit worrying. So um, let's get right into it. Um, so uh, Pete's going to Pete's going to tackle. um nintendo nate is going to tackle uh xbox one and i am going to tackle uh playstation um so let's go one at a time let's start with pete you're our guest sure uh so my my number one prediction uh for nintendo's e3 this year is we already know that they're talking about smash right and i think oh, yeah. the big question right is kind of like what is this game you know there's a lot of debate on whether it's actually a new smash or not uh, my prediction is that it is. 
I, I'm pretty convinced that that this is a new Smash. Um, I don't necessarily buy into all the leaks that we've been seeing coming out the last couple weeks because it's leak season, you know, and there's for every truth, there's two or three lies. Um, right. This is the season you really need some depends. Yeah. Yeah. You're not kidding. Uh, so I, I think for me, though, based on what we've already seen from the game and how they're talking about it and how they're marketing it, I'm very much convinced that it's a brand new game. And um, that it's possible that it's built on the bones of Smash 4 in some way. Um, you know, maybe like a, an evolution of that engine. But um, I think like given how they, they announced the game, right? That that big reveal trailer. Um, the fact that it's not called Super Smash Brothers 4 Switch. They're just calling it Super Smash Brothers right now. Even in the E3, like uh, pre-press you know press stuff that we've seen, they've they've called it like the new Super Smash Brothers or whatever, as opposed to really... Be, they've been very dodgy about it. And I think right. if you look at how they've uh, marketed every other Wii U remaster or deluxe edition or whatever you want to call them, uh, they've been very upfront that that's what it is. Yeah, um, that's a good point, yeah. So I, I imagine that um, it being the main focus right my guess is we're gonna see a very very hefty amount of gameplay from it uh similar to what we've seen with mario and zelda the the last two e3s and Mm. um that that's going to be the kind of the crux of it and then the fact that they have that invitational as well uh we'll actually get to see it in action for the first time with some of the best players in the world so i think they're not gonna blow their whole load but I think we're going to start see, seeing some of the new na- new maps. I, I'm guessing we're going to see one or two new characters. I think mm-hmm. um, they're they're going to prove to us what's different here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I I'm excited for the for the reason just like I don't know, like I don't feel like you can be a you have to turn in your gamer card if you're like, oh, I've never even played Smash. It's like <laughs> everybody knows a guy who who has a Nintendo system. And even if you don't have a Nintendo system yourself, you've played smash. I, I would think. And it's so, like a formative experience, you know, like yeah. whether it was when you were you know, a kid, you're in high school, you're in college. Like there is mm-hmm. some point where you had some stretch of time where you were playing smash. Definitely. Yeah. And so I feel like everybody can kind of, you know, get excited for it just because it's like it's another one and it's like when you think of your Deadpool um experiences with fighters smash is definitely up there and then you talk about the invitational and if they put it on like they've put along a lot of their other tournaments like i i like how they present it i like it's very professional looking like i've watched their splatoon 2 um invitational mm-hmm. i've watched a couple like their What's the one? What's the one where it's uh, it's it's all the Nintendo like even like old school. It's like it's a oh, Nintendo the tournament. World Cup. World Cup. Yeah, yeah. that one was. Oh my it was god! It was put together. Oh yes, yeah. and I oh love the god. way they. And it, even then, you put in the hype meter of Smash, and it's like the first time that people are able to put their you know hands on it. I feel like it's gonna be really fun, even if even if maybe. Even if you're not super into it, being able to see it in that light is probably the best way to do it. I think also building on that, to me, the thing that's most interesting is um, this is the first time in a long time that gamers, like hardcore gamers, have been really pro Nintendo, like fucking high on Nintendo. 
Um, right. Because you think about it, right? Like even the Wii U was a smashing success, but it was <laughs> smashing. Uh, and uh, but but it was a thing that like. If you were a core gamer, you owned a few pieces of software, and by halfway through its life cycle, it was collecting dust. Unless you were playing yeah, Smash definitely. on it, you know? Um, <laughs> and, and I think people are so into the Switch. You know, people are so activated on the Switch in a way that I really feel like that enthusiasm has been waning for Nintendo in the last couple generations. That I think, yeah. I think would this you, is going to be say... huge. Yeah. Would you say they're switched on to it? I think they are. I think you could yeah. say that these gamers are switched on. <laughs> Sorry. I can't I can't I can't pass up a good no, pun. No, you don't ever apologize for a good pun. <laughs> I, I read superhero comics, sir. I love a good pun. <laughs> Alright, so let's get our first Xbox out of the way then. So my first prediction for Xbox is Crackdown's release is gonna be this year. Kind of, kind of a bonus point thing, um, but I could also see this happening. Of it's available either now or within the next coming weeks or so. You think I could? I could. I, well, see. Well, here's the thing. Crackdown three's early been in access, develop- maybe. Crackdown three's been in develop. Oh, okay, okay. I'll change it. Crackdown three for sure is going to be this year. If it's not, I think people are going to have a really big problem with it because I. I like I feel like this game is not going to live up to anybody's expectations. So, what yeah, I think I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I think is what they could do is and if you are <clears throat> I'm speaking as as if I was on the press conference. And if you have Game Pass, you have access to early access to it now or early access to the multiplayer or something to, like, like that. To a beta everyone, or something even. Yeah. 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 I could see that. I, I could definitely see that. Um, it it definitely is one of those that are get off the pot moments because it's it is it's it's a joke at this point. And I mean, it is a joke that exclusives are a joke at this point. You have Sea of Thieves, which to to some, there's still some people out there that are very um, loyal to it. But to a lot of people, it was a No Man's Sky situation. And then you even have State of Decay, which was kind of the same thing. You have loyal people who love the first State of Decay. And like me, I would get an Xbox One for State of Decay. If I had the money and the means to get an Xbox One and it wouldn't like mean I don't get rent this month, I would get it just for State of Decay and State of Decay 2. But the problem is, is that... Go ahead. I would honestly tell you, because from all the stuff that I've seen, um, you could just play Days Gone because, from my understanding, Days oh. Gone is just like State of Decay with a storyline. Yeah, and see, and then that's the problem is that you look at you look at an Xbox exclusive and you and you see the potential, but what Microsoft is having a problem with is like, I think they're trying too hard. You know, it's like, hey, let's get this game out now because we have to win a race. But when you're the freaking tortoise in the back, real life is different, guys. Real well, life is not a story, and that, turtles don't freaking win against a rabbit. PlayStation is the rabbit. What? What? That that's why I say I think it would benefit. That's why I said what I said is I think it would honestly benefit them. Mm-hmm. If they treated Crackdown 3, not this big tentpole exclusive like a Halo or a Gears, but hey guys, Crackdown 3 has been in development for a while and it's available coming soon or it's available now. now. Like if yeah. they treated it as a just another good game, 
in their roster rather than, hey, mm-hmm. here's an exclusive for the fall. Like, I feel like that yeah. could give better reception. You know, kind of in the same way, like, Ratchet and Clank came out, and it's probably one of the PS4's best games, the newest right. Ratchet and Clank. But they sold it at a discount, and they were like, hey, we got a new Ratchet and Clank coming out. It wasn't, hey, here's this tentpole exclusive we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the problem with that, too, though, is, right, like, Sony can do that because they have so much development power compared to Xbox, which owns comparatively. Uh, you know, well, like a third of the amount of studios. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's tough when you're looking at, uh, to your point, Nick, right? Like they're two big exclusives that we had been looking forward to see a thieves and say to decay too. And like your mileage may vary on how good they are, but they certainly didn't set the world on fire, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know that they're as bad as like a no man's sky situation, but if that's what you're hanging your hat on, when, PS4 has Horizon last year, God of War this year, Uncharted 4 a couple years before that. Um, They are putting out smaller games like, you know, the Uncharted spinoff or Gravity Rush or whatever. Um, And it's it's like no f***ing contest, right? Like, and especially all the f***ing Xbox exclusives are on PS, or not on PS4, on PC. Where it's like, I, I don't own an Xbox because the only games that have really motivated me were like Cuphead and Sunset Overdrive. I'm not gonna buy it for one game and Cuphead's on PC. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I do feel like Crackdown is another situation like Sea of Thieves and even State of Decay where the Crackdowns I remember, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong because I didn't play a ton of it, but the Crackdowns I remember um, were very open-ended and there wasn't necessarily a mission structure. It was more just like, hey, go have fun in the city. They were just, they were... They were a lot like Just Cause, from from my experience with the Crackdown yeah. games. They were I, a lot I would like agree. Just Cause. My my experience is pretty limited, but from the the time I did spend with Crackdown Two, uh, right. I think that's a pretty good comparison. I think yeah. it had mission structure like GTA, but overall gameplay getting from mission to mission was like Just Cause. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from what I remember, I don't remember there necessarily being missions. I remember there being bosses that you had to take down, but it was very open ended in the way you could take them down because it was pretty much just um, it was pretty much just like cause enough chaos and stuff so that then you go. I don't know. I I'm not the one to talk, but going back to what I was saying before, as far as the open endedness of it, we've already had two create your own adventures. We've had a pirate create your own adventures and a zombie apocalypse create your own adventures. And I feel like, especially from a Microsoft fan perspective, maybe they're kind of sick of that. They've gotten burned twice this year about a create your own adventure. You know, maybe they want more of a structure. Maybe they want more of a, you know, a God of War type of thing where it's like, here's this grand adventure that you can go on. Doesn't have to be exactly God of War, but no, let's say Gears of War. Get a Gears of War and it's very story driven and it is something to write home about. Or like a Halo, right? Like. They have they have IP that are Fable. I would love to see fucking Fable come back and we heard rumors about that. That would be fucking amazing. Um but I, I think to your point, like, I, I feel like this reminds me a lot of what happened with, um, and maybe one of you guys can help me with the, the studio. Uh, was it Sony? I don't remember which Sony studio it was that was the incubator 
that was getting a lot of the uh, like games as service kind of games out, like Drawn to Death, and they worked with um, uh, Santa Monica. It was Santa Monica. Okay, I, I was going to say that, but I hedged. Um, so I, I feel like it reminds me a lot of the situation with Sony Santa Monica, where they're like, oh, this is the thing, right? Like MOBAs are the thing, or games as services are the thing, or free-to-play games are the thing. So we got to try and get in on that. And right. I, I feel like they're just proving that they, they don't really seem to have the vision for it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it sucks to see. And State of Decay is obviously like kind of a more traditional game, but um, I, I'd rather see Rare make a fucking platformer. You know, it's like just right. give me a Banjo Kazooie game or something. Like I, I, I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. All right, um, then we'll go on to uh, PlayStation Four. Um, one of my predictions is Bluepoint or someone else is going to come out with another um, remake. Bluepoint has already been in the talks of making another remake. Yeah, they've so been this teasing is, us for a bit. Yeah, um, ever since uh, Shadow Colossus was their last one, which um, I never finished Shadow of the Colossus. I finished it in the remake state, and oh my god. Not only was it gorgeous, but... Um, I played. I tried to play through it on other occasions, and the simplest thing of changing jump from triangle to X really fixed it for me. Like my brain wasn't broken trying to play it, so for me, that little change fixed it for me. And I would love to see Blue Point take another shot. Um, there has been rumors for Metal Gear Solid. Uh, there's been wish lists of. Uh, crash team racing yes. God, please but one that i think is the most likely is maybe an ape escape and this could fit along with crash bandicoot it could fit along with uh spyro which just got announced and it's going to be coming out they're going to have that so an ape escape i think could kind of fit along with the remakes we've been getting there's even a medieval for instance so right, this and they could did that port of like along. parappa they did um yep. they yep. did a couple other ones like that as well where they were like not necessarily from the ground up but even just like a nice fresh coat of paint and you know yeah and so, yeah, Ape Escape, I think, could be – it could be a nostalgic reimagining. Um, I would like to see Ape Escape get the Ratchet & Clank um, treatment. It's built back up from the ground up. Uh, it is the Ape Escape that you know and love, but then they add stuff because that's what happened with um, Ratchet & Clank. They gave you the original Ratchet & Clank, but they made sure to add to it and – to obviously make it look absolutely, you know, Pixar gorgeous. And so to see Ape Escape look gorgeous and to maybe fix things like, hey, this platform was always trip people up, so let's fix that. You know, I love Crash Bandicoot, the insane trilogy, but I I have to admit that it would have been nice to have, like, each, each, um, so there was three of them, each of them have, like, two two or three extra new levels that have never either been seen before or that were made specifically for the insane trilogy i feel like i was expecting something more and getting exactly the game was nice but at the same time it's just like i i've played this before so it's nice to have it in my library it's nice to to play around with it and and be nostalgic, but Ape Escape doing the Ratchet and Clank treatment, I think, would be absolutely 
fantastic. Give well, us some new stuff. Give us everything that we do expect, but more. And to your other point, um, it's, uh, that's kind of what they did with, um, uh, oh my God, Shadow of the Colossus. Like they added those extra Colossuses yeah. as well. So yeah, I think yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, definitely. All right, so then back to Petey. Petey boy. Uh, all right, so for number two, um, I've got – we're going to see Pokemon, but people will be disappointed by how how little we actually learn. Um, I, I think uh, historically Pokemon has not been something that we've seen at, um, at E3. You know, last year okay. we got the confirmation that they were working on a, uh, a Pokemon RPG for Switch, but it was like that weird cut of just – Oh, hey, we're making the game. Bye. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to get something like that and the tease of a direct that's going to come later. Um, okay. I, I, I'm I, not 100% sure on how I feel about all of those Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. It's like a yellow remake kind of thing. It seems like there's some, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire on that one. But I doubt that we're going to really see the full breadth of it um, because I do think they're going to focus on Smash. So maybe we get a teaser. Maybe we get you know, a small trailer, but I don't think it's going to be the big reveal that a lot of people seem to think is coming. Yeah. Some people seem to think that it's coming out like this year. I just don't don't know if it can. Yeah. I just don't know if it can. I feel like a March or a February, something like that would actually do it some good because there's a lot of people who are like terrified of like Red Dead Redemption and rightly so. so. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Rightly so. Um, I, I think, I think it would be not, whatever they do. The one part of the rumor that I that I like that I'm paying attention to is the fact that it can integrate with uh, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. Yeah. Like them somehow integrating it to that, I think is just smart. Having having something that has so many people, you could end up getting people to buy the Switch because they like Pokemon Go. It's, it would be a really smart move. Yeah, I think my, my concern there is I just hope it's not too much. Like, I think if it's similar to what they did with Soul Silver, where they had that, like, Poke Tracker thing where it's just kind of like, oh, you can transfer some of your Pokemon over or you yeah. can, like, mm-hmm. get an exclusive outfit. Like, fun little things like that that maybe get you some, like, baseline extra content. Great. Um, but I remember there's that rumor that they're like, oh, they're going to add the AR ball flicking to, like, catch Pokemon. I'm like, ah, I don't really want that. Like if I can toggle it on or off, that's fine. But I don't, I don't want them to add too much of that because what was fun about Pokemon Go was not the game. You know, it was the experience. Oh god, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, yeah. I think you're right that it behooves them to connect those things, but I hope that they do it in healthy moderation. Mm Hmm. I can agree with that. Alrighty, Xbox One Two. So my second prediction is Halo Six is teased, but we won't see it on this generation. Interesting. So and you, that's, you, do you think they're going to you know pack up shop and focus on the next one? I think what they're going to do for the now is do some sort of big update for um Master Chief Collection cuz they've been okay. talking about doing the 4K update for it for the Xbox One X. So, uh I think I think that they'll focus on that and they'll have um I think they will tease Halo 6, but I honestly don't think that we're going to see it this this console generation. I feel like we're too close to um, a new one, especially from Microsoft. I feel like Microsoft would have the balls to 
come out with a new console within the next two or three years, and I feel like Halo 6 would be a perfect launch game for it. Yeah. And I mean, it might be the push they need to even do it in the first place. So, I mean, yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I've never been a big Halo guy, so I don't really want to talk on, you know, either side of that. Do you have anything to add, Pete? Um, I think I think you're probably right on that, Nate. I, I do think that uh, a, a soft relaunch of the Master Chief Collection is probably coming. And um, I, I know there's been, like, some rumors that people think we might see, like, a Battle Royale mode for Halo. I think that's possible as well. Okay, so my second prediction for PlayStation... Um, now, obviously, like, yeah, like I said before, like having the four main things that they're going to talk about makes it a little bit harder. But one thing I feel like nobody else has mentioned, at least from the like the podcast I listen to and, and the uh, the shows I watch on YouTube, nobody's mentioned Bloodborne 2. We got a very, very short teaser. I mean, it, it's a tease of a tease, really. Right. It was like a sentence. <laughs> Yeah, really. It's just it showed like a bloody saw, and then it was just like, "Hey, Bloodborne 2. It's kind of like when they showed the the um, the logo of uh, Metroid Prime Four. It's like, hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, here's right. The logo, and that's really all they showed. Well, it was and even it was less the... than that, right? Because I don't even think they actually called it out as Bloodborne Two. It was just like from software, and it was like what Shadows Never Die or something like that, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't. I I I. I, I feel like I remember seeing a Bloodborne 2 um, logo, but it definitely wasn't like, I don't know, in any official... Anyways, it was at VGA. That was the last time okay. we saw it. And so, for me, I feel like it it's the right time for us to see something else on it. Um, and if you remember the very first time we saw Bloodborne, the original, it was also very vague. It was definitely a lot longer, <laughs> but yeah. it was definitely a lot... It was still vague, and it was like, here's a picture of a couple of dogs, and maybe we got a, a sneak peek at, like, a hunter. So it was still very vague. And then the next time we saw it, it was a good kind of meaty chunk of gameplay. And so I kind of feel like it's the right time. We need to see what what From Software is working on next, and we need to see... We need to see Bloodborne again, whether it be um, just in the sizzle reel or something. I do. I I personally think there is going to be a quick gameplay. I don't know if they'll spend a lot of time of that um, with it. Like I don't expect like a ten minute gameplay. But even if it's just a gameplay trailer where it's all like here's a flash here and here's a here's a flash of a boss and you know they want to put in some stuff that's going to make the nerds like oh let's speculate about this for about an hour yep. or something. So I, I but it it's time. I think it's definitely time, not only considering that we saw it at VGA, but also just how long Bloodborne itself has been out. And the fact that uh Bloodborne, even though not a lot of people thought it was gonna be big, it ended up being pretty big. Yeah. And so them being like, Hey, here's another exclusive is just another, you know, sword in their sheath, I think. And so I it's time. I think it's pretty good. I, I, def it, so. I definitely agree with that. And I think, um, to your point, I feel like it's just like they have to have something to show us at this point. They've been working on it for a while, whatever it is, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I don't know that we'll see gameplay, but I think seeing a story trailer or something like that that's a little more substantial and gives us an idea of what, like, the actual, like, 
you know, not necessarily the setting because, you you know, if it's Bloodborne 2, it's going to be in that universe. But, like, what, you know, what is what are we doing? What's the angle? Yeah. I feel like we're yeah. going to learn that. Definitely. Definitely. All right. So then uh, what's your last uh, thing you have for today? Uh, so for my last one, um, this one, I think, is it's a little bit more of a long shot. But I think that we're going to get a uh, Animal Crossing tease in the okay. same vein as Metroid Prime 4. Um, oh, okay, so like the logo, basically. Yeah, and and if it's not just the logo, I think it could be a thing of like maybe we get we get a little bit of music, maybe we 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 hear the main theme, we get some little tease, but I think it's going to be a very small tease. Um, okay, yeah. Because I think Animal Crossing is kind of one of the only. It's kind of the last major Nintendo franchise that we have no idea what its future is on on Switch. Um, right. Everything else has been teased or shown or confirmed. You know. Uh, I mean, yeah, even if you look at Pokemon Go, yeah, I mean, it's not too soon for another Pokemon because there are, like you said, they at least said that, yes, it does exist and, yes, we are making it. So, I mean, yep. that's a good point. Yeah, right. And, like, even, like, Metroid, right? Like, we got a sizzle. Or not a sizzle, but we got a logo. We got the yeah. confirmation that it exists, that it's coming out. Um, and aside from that, it's really just Animal Crossing and Star Fox. And it's like mm-hmm. Star Fox just had a new game on Wii U, so you know that makes sense. That if it's, you it's can call it that, uh, yeah, it's a garbage <laughs> pile. But um, it's I, I hate you, Platinum. Um, but uh, with Animal Crossing, the last Animal Crossing was six years ago. Um, with yeah. with New Leaf, uh, unless you count Happy Home Academy, which I don't. Um, and then we had the mobile game earlier this year or last right. year, late last year. Uh, so I feel like it's time. You know, I think there's yeah. there's an audience for Animal Crossing. It's it's always been a big success for Nintendo, even though it's not necessarily something that I think appeals to uh, a lot of core gamers at all times. It's something that yeah. definitely speaks to uh, a big contingency of their audience and has always been kind of a um, like a sleeper hit, you know? So I yeah. think getting the confirmation that the next one is coming and getting, you know, some little nod to it is is a, almost a foregone conclusion for me. Yeah, and I think there is something to be said about the strategy of their mobile games because, like, they had Pokemon Go and they're not letting that get in the way of them making another Pokemon Go. Um, obviously, Fire Emblem, that's they're, they're going to have another Fire Emblem eventually. So it's not like just because they have a Fire Emblem on the uh, mobile, they're not going to make one. Right. Um, but also, speaking to the strategy again, like I said before about your Pokemon thing, is the fact that, you know, them having an Animal Crossing and a lot of people ended up enjoying it, that's to say that... You know, a lot of people could end up buying it or buying a Switch because they're like, hey, I really like this mobile game that I've been playing. And also, they've been hearing about how good the Switch has been doing. And so it's it's Christmas time. They have Animal Crossing on their phone. They love Animal Crossing. They want to buy their kids a new system. And they're like, oh, there's an Animal Crossing game on this. My kid loves this game. Let me get it. Yep. Yeah, man, so. I, I think, uh, or, or if you're, you know, if you're like, I think what seems to be their target demographic more so with the Switch is like, if you're like a, you know, a 20-something, 30-something or whatever, who mm-hmm. likes Nintendo stuff, but has been on the fence about getting the Switch, you're like, well, okay, you know, we've got a Pokemon on the horizon, Animal Crossing's around the corner, I can pick up Zelda and, you know, Mario and all these other things that I missed out on. Yeah, I feel like it's, uh, it makes sense. I feel like it's, it's, a, it's the next logical step. Yeah. 
Alrighty, so let's get our last one from Xbox. Um, this may not be a prediction. This may be a foregone, foregone conclusion, but um, I think that uh, Splinter Cell is going to be announced this E3, and I think it's going to be shown off first at Xbox's press conference. Yeah. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of partnerships like that, frankly. I think Xbox is hungry and probably willing to spend some money for some key partnerships like that. Yeah. Uh, so They're I think thirsty, that's a really child. Good they are thirsty. Yeah, I, I can see them showing off um, at Xbox and then detailing it at Ubisoft, which they've done, which they did before several times with yeah. the Assassin's Creed series in particular. Mm-hmm. They debuted at Xbox for Origins, and then at the Ubi conference, they were like, "Here's what's gonna, here's here's more about it." Now, I will say one thing: I'm gonna be pissed on one end if Splinter Cell is an Xbox exclusive. On the other end, it will make me buy an Xbox. Splinter Cell will make me buy an Xbox One. So yeah, I, interesting. I I I, I, I think. <laughs> I think that's a good call. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with that one. All righty. Um, then my last PlayStation uh, prediction. Um, call of Duty has a partnership with PlayStation that's been pretty obvious since... Uh, what was I mean, they it? don't hide it. I mean, I want to say it was Black Ops. Was Black Ops the first official time they switched? Um, I think so. Black Ops 3, I want to say, is the... No, it might have th- been... Uh, uh, God, no, I think Black I, Ops 3... Infinite it was either Black Warfare? Ops Three or it was Infinite Warfare. It was one of the two. Yeah, I think. So it was I mean, Infinite that's when Warfare. they. It was okay. I think. Right. I think. I got. I, yeah, I think you guys are right. Um, so either way, I mean, it hasn't been a. Uh, it hasn't been very much, you know, a secret. I think instead, since they don't have a story, I mean. The one thing we are going to miss from E threes is they would always give a good. Uh, like story trailer and they would play through like a good like five or ten minute chunk mm-hmm. so i'm gonna miss that because they're shout epic out to black and, ops one yeah right um they're epic and they're they really set the tone of the the game because obviously the tone of the game carries over to the multiplayer as well so i am gonna miss that but i think that maybe to to show people that getting rid of the single player was worth it. I think what they need to do is they need to show blackout at the PlayStation. They need to show it. They're not that stupid little thing that it's like, here's holograms of all the players you can play as. And Hey, they're in helicopters. No, they need to, I think to gain back some hypitude from mainstream people, not just the Call of Duty, you know, suck boys, they need to show why did they get rid of the single player? This is why it's something that you need to take serious. It's not just something that they threw together in six months, which they did. It's something that you need to take serious. And the only way they can do that is to really show it. From the yeah. teaser trailer, we could see that there's like, um, there's, special abilities because the special abilities like being able to put up cover or being able to have a riot shield or a grappling hook those were in multiplayer and they showed teases of that in it but i mean you just you really need to i just put your cards out on the table this is how blackout's gonna work this is why it's the quote-unquote call of duty way show us that way let us know that 
you might not get a storyline or at least the one you really want because you're still going to get those, you know, um, character storylines, whatever those are going to be. But show us why we're missing out and why you believe in yourself enough to not put in a story. Because you uh-huh. had to have known when you look at Star Wars putting in a story for Battlefront 2, when you see Titanfall putting in a story for Titanfall 2, and then Call of Duty doing the exact opposite? Like, show us why. And if it's not good, I don't know if you can win back the mainstream. Because the mainstream are the people bitching about the single player. Whether or not they even play it, those are the people bitching about right. it. Right, and I think the thing is, E3 is the time that the mainstream pays attention. Exactly. So I think having a really good showing of uh, mm-hmm. of Blackout is, this is where you switch the narrative. You know, where people are like, yeah. f*** the story. That looks great. You know? Yeah, yeah definitely. Great. That's the and chance it could, to do it. It could anyway. definitely get, work in their favor. So. Yeah, and I think coming out at Sony's conference and like being one of the things that catches people's attention aside from the sony games is Mm -hmm. uh, especially there's a lot of space this year you know um historically at least for the playstation 4's life cycle sony's e3s have been pretty packed and the fact Mm -hmm. that they're like we're four games like okay cool that leaves a lot of space for the third parties to do cool so yeah i think having like a hands-on blackout thing with like maybe they get some of the top tier call of duty players to come in and, and do like uh you know like a let's play kind of experience thing that they chop yeah. up you know um would be cool yeah definitely yeah i mean yeah like like i said just show me show me the reason you're not doing it. i'm convinced i mean let like i said before i'm i'm not i'm not a huge single player so i'm convinced but convince other people convince the naysayers convince everybody who makes makes videos specifically calling you out on your single player you know because treyarch they 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 know the internet exists they have to know all the criticism that they're getting so if they don't prove to people why why it's gone, then I just I don't know if they can get back the good grace that they really really need at this point. So, I mean, I that's our predictions. That's all. That's what we think or what we hope happens. You guys, let us know. You can go to TX Three Productions on Twitter, threatx3productions.com. And you can go to our discussions there, or you can just email us, threadx3productions at gmail. You can do that as well. Um, Pete, please let people know where they can find you and what you do. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so if you guys enjoyed hearing me uh, join the guys on this episode, you can find me at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and talk to me about you know any of the stuff we discussed today. Or uh, if you want to check out some of my content, you can go check out my own podcast and YouTube channel. I'm youtube.com slash thecomicspals. And uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever your podcasts are sold. I am uh, a co-host on our weekly uh, comic book podcast, The Comics Pals. I am the host of our weekly video game podcast, The Video Game Pals. Uh, which if you enjoyed this show, I think you'll probably enjoy as well. And um, we've got a Let's Play show on our YouTube channel. We do a Riverdale show or all kinds of stuff. So if any of that sounds appealing to you and you're not sick of hearing me talk yet, there are plenty of places you can get more of me. Sweet. And speaking of comic books, 
Uh, we're going to have a comic book uh, book club, I guess, if you want to call it. So uh, we're going to read a comic book and then come back and talk about it on our next episode. So Very I cool. think it's perfect to have you on here. I want you to help us decide what should we read. Uh, it should be something easily accessible so that me and Nate can get a hold of it and, and read it. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah. So you're, 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 a, you're a big comic book expert tell us what we should read for our comic book club okay um well let me ask you this before we do that uh are you guys both you're both comic readers already right i dabble i have comicsology okay yeah i pay for the membership uh do you guys have any either of you just throw me out a quick favorite um i'm currently reading kingdom come okay um, but besides that i just got into a few months ago invincible Ah, Invincible uh, is my oh, all-time favorite comic book. I have a yes. And here's my Invincible statue right here. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, what about you? Um, I I I worked at a um, I worked at a uh, call center uh, uh, outgoing. And so I had a lot of time. I it's hard to pin down. I mean, I like Marvel more than most other play, but like I also I like Dark House. I okay. like uh, Image. It's it's really hard to say a company that I don't necessarily like. All right, then I would say if I, Dark Horse. By the way, I said House, didn't I? Uh, yeah, you did, but yeah, I knew what you meant. <laughs> uh, I, I would say if you guys are 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 open to it, I think um, going for an image book would be cool because I think a lot of those books are uh, they're straight lines, which are nice. Mm-hmm. You know, you can pick up an issue one and just read right through. It's so it's easier for you and your listeners. Um, why don't you give Saga a shot if you haven't? Have you any of you guys read that? Okay, I have not heard that, no, so that might be I'm nice. Gonna, yeah, I'm gonna see if I can. Saga's find fantastic. Uh, it's one of the best books being published right now. It's an image book. It's by uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who. Um, Really, really great comic book writer. Uh, he did Why the Last Man, Deus Ex Machina. Um, oh, ex, you just sold Machina. me. Um, you sold me. Why the Last Man is one of my favorite. If uh, you like books. Why the Last Man, you got to f***ing read Saga. And I think especially right. it'll speak to you because uh, I know you you said off mic that you're a father. So uh, it's a story all about parenthood and, and, and uh, relationships. And I think um, – but it's also – it's a sci-fi thriller with like very heavy like Romeo and Juliet, Game of Thrones, Star Wars okay. kind of vibes. It's – phenomenal so uh I you think had me at why <laughs> you guys you guys should read the first volume all right definitely yeah okay, all right cool. so everybody if you're listening if you're into comic books like us make sure to read saga and we're gonna talk about at least the first uh volume like uh what's the first volume come with like the first hundred first, issues first, or something oh the first volume is only five issues so oh, okay yeah read. okay well we'll we'll read the first we'll we'll read the first one um and so if you'd like to read that along with us we'll have a good in-depth discussion about what we thought about it and uh what what we like about and everything next episode so that'll be our very first uh comic book book club and so yeah i mean i'm excited for it i i've basically wanted an excuse to get back into comic book reading because it's been about four years since i worked at that outgoing call Mm. job and since then i haven't read as much comic books as i want to aka zero but that's not the point i've really wanted to get back into it and so this is a perfect excuse to so you guys can read alongside us that's once again saga um i'm assuming it's spelled s-a-g-a s-a-g-a yep saga okay, by uh, brian mean. k vaughn and um leslie staples all right so let's read or that fiona staples then, fiona staples sorry <laughs> yeah let's read that and then come back make sure before the next episode which by the way the next episode 
will be recorded on the 11th. So by the 11th, try to get the first volume uh, read. And if you would like to give your insights into it, make sure to go tx3productions.com or sorry, threadx3productions.com tx3 on twitter let us know what you thought about it and then we'll read some of your guys's comments in the next show so i'm super excited about that it sounds good um you sold me at why the last man and then you kept selling me by saying it's about fatherhood so that that's great all right so i'm super excited about that thank you pete for joining us yeah. today thank you guys we for are having definitely me. Gonna... sorry what i said yeah thank you guys for having me Yes, definitely. Uh, we're going to put you on the list as far as like having you on again. This was to. so much fun. I like your insight and everything. Nate, what's up? You were also here. Yes, I, I am also here. <laughs> I, think say, I think, honestly, this is actually the least that I've talked on any of the podcasts we've done. And not, not necessarily by choice, just like as far as the conversations have flown this episode. Like, God damn it, Pete. <laughs> You're not coming on again. All right. <laughs> they don't call me loud, Pete, for nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. And um, stay nerdy. Take care, everybody. Bye. Okay, bye. Oh, my God. You said my favorite bye. 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 Just, okay, bye. I started doing that to my wife. I don't think she likes it. But... <laughs> <laughs> Just like, okay, bye.